On Monday, July 27th, 2020, I conducted a series of live streaming interviews to discuss voting rights, voter suppression, and the upcoming 2020 election. This was one of those interviews. In this episode, I briefly speak with Sabrina Fulton, and I interview Shannon Watts. Sabrina Fulton, Trayvon Martin's mother, once said she had to do more than just cry after her son was murdered in 2012. Since then, she has been a passionate advocate against gun violence and is currently running for Miami-Dade County Commissioner. She was also joined briefly with Shannon Watts during this hour. Shannon Watts is the founder of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, the nation's largest grassroots gun violence prevention group with chapters in all 50 states affecting change at the local, state, and national level. Her book, Fight Like a Mother, How a Grassroots Movement Took on the Gun Lobby, and Why Women Will Change the World, was released in May of 2019. I have a special guest for you all right now, and it is Sabrina Fulton, and I'm waiting for her audio to connect. Hello, Sabrina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. I'm, I'm so thrilled that you are joining me. I just wanted to tell my partner, this group was like, wait, what? What? She's happening right now? So I just want to say that you're with me right now. So I'm going to say, tell them. I, I want to hear everything about how your campaign is going. Um, I'm just going to tell them. So please tell me. How hot, first of all, is Florida right now? And then tell me how your campaign is going. <laughs> I can see by your face right now how hot Florida is. Um, you, you mean as far as the weather or do you mean as far as the coronavirus is concerned? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, we know what's happening, right? It's uh, We have bad leadership and this is why we want you to be in office and you have an election coming up and we need more leaders like you um i'm gonna say is with me right now um (laughs) (laughs) um please tell me how florida has how you have been handling this time, especially when trying to get out the vote right now and and communicate with potential uh, constituents that you're having to deal with COVID, a governor that is um, antithetical to trying to being helpful about the coronavirus. Please tell me everything. And I want to know how your campaign is going. Okay, first of all, I'm going to say that I am doing well. I'm a little edgy. I'm a little concerned about other people. Um, I I have been, I I think one of the mistakes a lot of people um, make is they listen to just local news. And if you listen to just local news, they spoon feed you what they want you to know. And they make you think that everything is okay. 
But it's not because I'm, I'm listening to national news. I'm listening to world news. I want to know exactly what's going on because it's killing so many people. So it's mm-hmm. definitely serious. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know a lot of controversy with people saying that they don't want to wear masks and masks are more dangerous. Well, I'm going to I'm going to try to practice safe, you know, be safe. And I want to I want to try to be as healthy as possible. And so, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've always washed my hands. I've always mm-hmm. taken vitamins, but I'm taking even more vitamins now. I'm taking mm-hmm. um, ginger tea and lemon. Um, I'm good, doing good. lemon steam. I also shower yes. with the peppermint uh, <laughs> so that I can yes. clear my sinuses. I mean, everything, yes. you know. Good. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm keeping myself safe. I, I stay home for the most part. This is my house. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm yes. at home. And, and, and I do most of my work. I do most of my calls. I do most of my virtual town hall right here at home on my computer. Every now and then, um, I do go out, but I definitely wear a mask. I definitely okay. wear a mask. Yeah. Okay. I do notice a lot of people that don't. Um, right. I'm not going to say they're careless, but I don't think they really understand the severity of this virus. Right. Um, Absolutely. Uh, well, Florida is number one. I, it was on MSN this morning. Florida is number one. And we, this is not the thing you want to be number one at. I mean, to pass New York, to, to pass uh, we, California. Yes, New York. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. It is, it's terrible. And, and, <laughs> They're still having parties. People are having parties. People are having get-togethers, and there are no masks. They're posting the pictures. It's, you know, and I know everybody is going to do their own thing. They have their own mind, their own thoughts, but we need leaders to lead, and we need leaders to try to keep us as safe as possible. Um, I posted this morning that um, Florida exceeded superseded what New York's record was, you know? Yeah. And I said, why is everything open? Everything is open here. Right. It's practically I, I can go anywhere I, I want to go and, and eat whatever I want to eat and have a drink mm. wherever I want and shop and do whatever. Mm. That's that, crazy. That's, that's the environment here. And, and yeah. that's because we have people that are not taking charge and saying, okay, I know the economy is doing terrible but let me keep people as safe as possible absolutely saying that we don't have people that saying let me put people over profit Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah we 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 don't have people that are saying that and are actually concerned about the welfare of people just people Mm -hmm. absolutely so you are campaigning right now please tell our audience uh what seat you're seeking and you have an election coming up August 18th I believe um tell me how campaigning's been going tell me about the seat that you're running for and also tell us how we can support your campaign I was actually looking forward to meeting a lot more people than I have been meeting I have been doing virtual town hall meetings and um, I have been putting on my mask and going to uh, like different stores. Um, and, and also I have a campaign office and I here in the district and, and I go to that office and I have people to meet me up there. But of course we're social distancing. Of course I wear a mask and we limit the time that we're there. Um, mm-hmm. 
so I do have canvassers that are out there. I do, I, I put out uh, uh, door hangers. You know, we try to have contact with as many people as possible. Um, so it's kind of difficult during this time to, to actually connect with, with people. I believe people know who I am. I believe um, people believe in me to do what's right. Um, one of the mm-hmm. things, and one of the reasons why I decided to run was because I wasn't satisfied with what I was seeing. I wasn't satisfied with people putting profit over people. I wasn't satisfied. And so I felt like, okay, let me run. I can definitely do a better job. I can definitely put people over profit. I can definitely give that seat back to residents, uh, concerned residents. Um, I can listen to what residents are saying. I can analyze what they're saying, do research, and then come back and make a decision about what's best. And a lot of people, they're making it harder and harder to trust politicians. And I definitely definitely want to put the trust, not only back in politicians, but once I get in that seat, I'm going to put the trust back in police officers as well. Um, My father was a city of Miami police officer. And I want people... Those are people we're supposed to trust. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are people we're supposed to believe in to, to protect us, to serve us, to do what's right and all of those things. So mm-hmm. why do we not trust them right now? Right, right. So I, I want to put that trust back in. I worked for Miami-Dade County uh, for mm-hmm. 24 years until my son was shot and killed. That's the only mm-hmm. reason why I left. I had a good county job. I tell people all the time, it supported me and my kids. I bought a house, mm-hmm. I bought a car, saved money, went on vacation, fixed my credit, all of those things mm-hmm. um, on my salary, working for the county. And so mm-hmm. I've always been a service-oriented person. Mm-hmm. Um, my last tenure with Miami-Dade County was in the housing housing agency. I used to do, uh, I used to be the hearing officer for public housing in Section 8. Um, mm-hmm. I used to write policies and procedures. I used to uh, uh, work with the residents in order for them to become more self-sufficient so that they can mm-hmm. um, they can discontinue public housing in Section 8 if that's their desire. Right. Um, and I, I also used to work uh, solid waste. I did a dispatch. Then I did code enforcement for 11 years. So I was used to explaining things to people and just the right way to do things. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's always a right way to do things. Um I see myself as a people person and I just believe in the future of Miami-Dade County. Now, I believe, Maya, that definitely I'm a national figure. Mm-hmm. But my passion is right here in Miami-Dade County. Mm-hmm. I live here. So, of yes. course, it is, it's, it's natural that I'm going to want to fix where I live. Mm-hmm. And so all the different things that I hear about politicians and big businesses I don't believe in all of that. I think we can change. I think if we change mindset, we change people that we elect into office, we can definitely Mm -hmm. make a change in our very own community. And that's what I'm about. I agree. And I love everything you're saying. And by the way, I have been discussing today putting people over profit. So it's absolutely perfect that you are here discussing that because I've said it too. And we also need more elected representatives like yourself that are personal 
that you've turned your pain and grief into wanting to actually give back to your community and to uplift them as well. I see a picture of Trayvon behind you right now. How is your other son? I see, I think I see a picture of him behind you as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, my other son, um, actually people don't know this much, but uh, he's very laid back. Um, he, he He's mostly quiet, but he speaks his mind when he has to. You know, you can't right. him around. He definitely will speak his mind when he has to. Uh, he's he graduated from FIU. He has an IT degree. Um, no kids. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and, and he's doing he's doing well. He he has he's working. He's saving his money. He's doing well. He's doing well. He has his own place. Oh, yeah. He's, Excellent. He's very proud of me, but I'm very proud I of bet. Oh, that's wonderful. So Shannon Watts is about to join me in a moment, but I want to ask, how can we support your campaign? I really want people to know right now, what, what can we do to help support your campaign? And this about a little less than a month before this election, what can we do? I think I have 22 more days left. Not that okay. I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, what they can do? They can go on my social media. I, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, look up some of the things that I've, I've been doing. Um, I, I, I do have the website, TrayvonMartinFoundation.org. Those are some of the things that I, I was doing prior to me uh, campaigning. Since the campaign okay. started, I haven't been doing much. We had a summer camp. It's over. They had a bunch of trips. They had a really good time. And that's what we wanted. We made, we made sure we cut down on the amount of kids that were there um, because we needed to be able to control. Um, they had to uh, have their temperature taken every day. They had yeah. to. Uh, and they learned a lot of different things. It was a STEM program and, and, and they received drones and how to build a drone and how to work the drone. So I was very proud of that this summer. But um, ways that they can help, they can go to sabrinafulton.com, S-Y-B-R-I-N-A-F-U-L-T-O-N.com. And if they want to donate, there's a donate button there. They can give any amount. Don't worry. Any amount is too small. Don't worry about it. We appreciate everything that we receive. Um, and, and if they want to volunteer or they want a yard sign, just send a message. Uh, just Excellent. go ahead and, and email a message to us and we'll get that to you. Um, anybody can donate, but you do have to live in District 1 in order to vote for me. Okay, that's very good to know. Do you want to say hi to Shannon or do you have to pop out? No. Wanna say hi? Okay, so let's say, let's, let's say hi to Shannon real fast. Shannon Watts, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. Uh, Sabrina just wanted to say hi before she left. She's here. You're my my hero. So wonderful. Thank you. you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. I really appreciate everything. I see everything. I see a lot of things, but we don't always get a chance to sit down and talk. So I'm glad we had this moment right here. Me too. So, um, See, I'm uniting people, uniting people. 
<laughs> yeah, we got to keep fighting. This is it, it's really bad. And we got to keep fighting for one another. We can't just look at the color of the skin. We just got to keep going. We got to stay motivated. We can't give up. When you see somebody is trying to give up, just put a little bug in their ear. And <laughs> hopefully when they see you looking weary, that they put a little bug in your ear. So we just got to keep lifting each other up. That's really well, what it is. And we, we need women like you in office. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying my hardest to get there. You know, um, I, I'm just going to say this before I leave. You know, it, it's, it's so many people that's probably interested in running. But if they know what, I, what, what I've learned, you have to be resilient. You have to be strong and you have to have tough skin. And so a lot of women, you know, they, they shy away from it because they want to do more. But it's such a dirty game, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But I think if if they knew about it before they get in get involved, then they'll they'll strengthen up and they'll toughen up and say, okay, this is what I need to expect. Because yeah. I've thrown mm-hmm. in the water of sharks, but it's okay because I came out <laughs> fighting, and that's what yes, we, have we, have to, <laughs> yes. we have to do. Yes, we have to fight. Yes, we have to fight like women. We yeah. have to continue to fight and and, and win, lose or draw. I would never give up. Never Thank ever you. give up, and so and, I, I just want to fight, and I want to be the voice for the people. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's it. And so, and thank you, Sabrina. And I'm going to make sure all your links are up and everything that you said. And thank you for joining me. And I'm so glad you got to say hi to Shannon. But um, I'm going to promote you tonight, especially at nine o'clock tonight, about Black women voting and Black women running for office. So you'll be featured prominently tonight. Thank you, Sabrina, so much. Thank you, Sabrina. Bye-bye. Well, that was wonderful. Oh, my gosh. That was so great. (laughs) I said, um, you don't want to say hi to Shannon, do you? She's like, of course I do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what an honor. Oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm so excited to have two uh, just badass women back to back. (laughs) So thank you so much, Shannon. Um, I really appreciate you. I'm so thrilled to be here. It's so good to see you again. I wish I was in person again, but with with COVID, this will be the the second best. Um, I am so excited to speak to you tonight. I want to talk to you about about your book. I know it came out last year, but um, I want you to talk about this book, what it was like to even write that book, and how Mom's Demand has grown. Because, and I, I said this a little bit earlier about you, I said... I'm so incredibly impressed by you because you have truly taken grief and turned it into action and expanded it in a generous way that is uh, incredibly brave because I see what you go through on a regular basis for just wanting children and cute people to be safe. You are battling for people to be safe. And it's, it's so unbelievable what you go through. So please share to me what it's been like these last few years and, the, and this book that you've written, um, Fight Like a Mother. I would like well, to hear about it. Thank you. You know, it really is, I think, the um, heroism of people like Sabrina, who are gun violence survivors um, and, and who are able to turn their pain into purpose and into action. And I... So admire that, you know, I am a a white suburban mom who after the Sandy Hook school tragedy was afraid for my kids' safety in their schools, not realizing that I was living in a bubble, right? That over a hundred Americans are shot and killed every day in this country and school 
shootings, mass shootings, they're about 1% of the gun violence in this country. We have to care about all of it. We have to address all of it. And look, if I can be a part of helping women get off the sidelines, especially white women who, who frankly are, are late to this fight. Uh, I was late to this fight, but, but it is so important that we play a role in the activism in this country. And as we saw, you know, 52, 53% of white women voted for Donald Trump. And, and I hope that we see a change in that um, formula, this election, because I do think so many women have woken up um, and, and are looking at issues across the country differently. You know, I wrote Fight Like a Mother as sort of a prescriptive way that, that women in particular can either start their own organization, whether it's just in their neighborhood or in their state or, or even nationwide, like Moms Demand Action, and also that it would be sort of a manifesto in that I want women to move from not just shaping policy, but to making it. Because as the saying goes, if you don't have a seat at the table, you are probably on the menu. And we are seeing that over and over again in the last few years. Absolutely. And I had touched a little bit um, about the kind of um, threats um, that really anyone who's against gun violence gets uh, from the NRA. When you're advocating for policies to reduce gun violence, the NRA has taken that as a threat to their profit and they weaponize the language of the Second Amendment, right? Because you have never said, we're taking all the guns, we're doing all this. That has never been ever said, you know, I know, I'm sure you know gun owners, I know gun owners that are safe and they want background checks and we know that's a majority. Um, so how do we uh, and the public counter this? I mean, it, it would feel like we ha wouldn't have to kind of counter this narrative, especially after Sandy Hook and Las Vegas and Parkland. But yet here we are and we're still having to, to counter that narrative. Well, I mean, to, to your point, um, I, I really do think that uh, the vast majority of Americans support common sense gun laws, whether it's, um, you know, people who are, are gun owners, about 80% of gun owners support stronger gun laws. We know 74% of NRA members, 90% of Americans. We are not against the Second Amendment. Many of our volunteers are gun owners or their partners are, right? Mm -hmm. There's 400 million guns in America. This is just about returning the responsibilities that used to go along with gun rights or that should go along with gun rights. And, and you do that through stronger gun laws. Um, and, and look, we're going up against the wealthiest, most powerful, powerful special interest that's ever existed. And, and you don't win overnight. You know, we were very much the David to the NRA's Goliath. Now we're winning. Now we're beating them in every election cycle. And, you know, we have an incredible track record against them in state houses and boardrooms. And I really do think it's just a matter of time, if the election goes well, that we will have those laws at a federal level. Absolutely. And I want to draw some contrast from, you know, a little bit of what might have happened during the Obama administration to what has or not or has not happened under a Trump administration regarding gun sense. So um, after Sandy Hook, what was some legislation that was being reviewed or, or taken seriously at that time? And what's the contrast between those two administrations? Well, you know, President Obama only had a couple of years with a Democratic Congress, right? So he spent a lot of his political capital on getting Obamacare through. And, and I understand that. But after that happened, there were 
horrible shooting tragedies in this country. But again, right, 100 Americans are shot and killed every day. Um, the Obama administration, when, you, when he talks about this issue, he says it's his greatest regret, you know, that he was not able to pass stronger gun laws. And what's interesting is that Donald Trump has taken $30 million from the NRA. He had a Republican Congress for two years, and he was not able to pass a single piece of the NRA's priority legislation because by that time we had gotten so good at playing defense, right? And so the NRA made a huge bet on Donald Trump. They've, they've lost. They are underwater reputationally and financially. And this is the best time to keep our foot on their necks, right? If we can get Joe Biden and gun sense candidates like you and so many others elected, then we can make sure they never have the same power or wealth they once had. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you brought up the fact that the majority of Americans do support gun sense legislation. They, do, they support background checks for sure. Um, how has this become a partisan issue? Is this just because the NRA has been funding Republican candidates? Because it, it's not really a partisan issue with the public. Is this just a congressional issue that it's a partisan issue? So, you know, when you think about the NRA's history, they've had 30 years of really writing our nation's gun laws at a state and federal level. And for so long, both Republicans and Democrats were afraid of them. You know, if you think about the Manchin-Toomey bill, that was the bill that would have closed the background check loophole right after the Sandy Hook school shooting tragedy. It failed by a handful of votes in the Senate, including Democratic senators who voted against it. Well, what did the NRA do? They went right back in and they helped elect the opponents of the the Democrats who voted with them, right? So Mm. Mark Pryor in Arkansas, the NRA went in and voted, or went in and supported Tom Cotton, even though Mark Pryor had done their bidding. And and it really taught, I think, the Democratic Party a valuable lesson, which was with friends like the NRA, who needs enemies? They're never Mm -hmm. going to support you. They're always going to work to unelect you. And so finally, it really gave Democrats permission to vote their hearts on this issue, right? And to do the right thing. And our grassroots movement has given them the right, the, the ability to do the right thing and still keep their job, right? Our motto is, you do the wrong, the right thing, we'll have your back. You do the wrong thing, we'll have your job. And we've shown that election cycle after election cycle. So it really is about this being a marathon, not a sprint. You know, it's going to take several election cycles. Well, I agree. And it's good to hear it that way, because I said earlier today that something that Republicans have been very good at is long term strategy and long term planning. And I'm glad that you said that, because I think that people that want gun sense legislation, and that's usually Democrats, unfortunately, right now that that they don't have partners across the aisle. They also need to do some long-term strategizing as well. Um, In Jonathan Metzl's book, Dying of Whiteness, he discusses the growing suicide rate amongst white males, especially um, um, males, white males after 50. um, If they have a gun available in their house, um, have been prone to suicide. Um, While those families are, are suffering grief from the loss of those families, they were still hesitant in his book to blame gun access. So how do we have those conversations without stigmatizing mental illness? Um, I know that's not an easy question to answer, but I want to know how we approach those conversations. It is really important to remember that people with mental illness are much more likely to be victims of violent crime than perpetrators. And that we actually have the same rates of mental illness as other high-income countries. We also have similar rates of suicide attempts. 
what we have that's different is a method that is incredibly fatal, right? It's usually over 90% uh, fatal when you attempt suicide with uh, a, a gun. And as a result, you know, we have this very high rate of gun suicide compared to any other high-income country where they don't have easy access to gun. And, and, and the other thing that's interesting is that when you talk to people who attempted suicide and failed, they almost never try it again, right? They regret that initial attempt. They get counseling, they get help, they get support. They get to live. In America, we don't have that second chance. And as you mentioned, two-thirds of the 40,000 Americans who are shot and killed in this country every year are, are dying by gun suicide. And it's mm -hmm. typically a white uh, male over the age of 50. And that is also happens to be the gun lobby's demographic. And so what we know from data is that if you buy a gun, that gun is much more likely to be used against you or someone in your home. And that is data that the NRA doesn't want discussed because you know, that impacts uh, their, their ability to market guns as, as a weapon of self-defense when we know that having a gun doesn't necessarily make you safer. I agree. And um, right now, what we're also battling is a lot of disinformation mm -hmm. um, coming out of the media, out of, um, out of gun rights advocates. How would you like to see this countered? I mean, we're not only just dealing with disinformation, but we're dealing with like conspiracy theories. Yes. So how can, how can we battle some of this disinformation uh, about gun right advocates that are promoting yeah, I mean, look, I, I think, again, we're, we're letting this very vocal minority of gun extremists write our nation's gun laws and shape our views about guns. And it's really important that everyone is educated about the facts. Um, Moms Demand Action is the grassroots arm of Every Town for Gun Safety. So if you go to everytown.org, you can find all the data you would ever need um, to understand this issue in a way that you can have conversations with other people about it and be an advocate. If you go to gunsensevoter.org, you can learn about which candidates have our gun sense candidate distinction, unlike the NRA's A through F rating. Right. Um, but it, it is important also to push back on social media. You know, this is a conversation I have a lot with people. Just like Sabrina was saying, people are, women are often scared to get in the arena and run for office. I also think women are scared about getting on social media because you do get blowback and you will have trolls. Mm -hmm. um, and there may be threats, but it is on all of us to correct that misinformation ourselves. Now, I want to ask this question. You don't have to answer it. But how does your your husband, your partner, deal with with the fact that you're very a public figure and you do get threats? Is it is it something that has to be tough, right? Because you know, it's so funny. I, I get asked that a lot because the threats started as soon as I put my Facebook page up, right, in, in December of 2012. Because all my information was public, I never imagined I'd be a public figure, mm -hmm. and so I was getting calls and and texts and emails and even people coming to my home and sending me letters. And I honestly think if you know my husband had voiced concern, it would have been much harder for me to do this. Okay. But he never has. He's kind of always been like, okay, you go. This is your thing and you do it and we're here to support you. And and my kids have been like that too. And so I've never had to make that choice. And and it, I think it also makes me less afraid because mm -hmm. I, I feel like, you know, everyone's just sort of calm, cool and collected. And and this is what comes with the territory when you get involved in, in an issue that can be, um, I you know, I, I it's not even polarizing because again, we're talking about this small vocal minority of gun extremists. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to go ahead and clap 
for your husband and your children really fast <laughs> because that's great to hear. Um, so we have an election in 99 days. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because this is on the ballot, talking about gun safe, talking about um, keeping us safe from gun violence is on the ballot, right? And um, I would like to see what you think, um, what would you like to see? Just one policy that you would like to see out of a, the change of administration if this yes. happens in 99 days. Well, it's important to remember that after we flipped the House in 2018 and elected a gun sense majority, including Lucy McBath, who is now a congresswoman from Georgia and was a Moms Demand Action spokeswoman, yes. um, she helped pass really good gun bills through the House, right? They're mm -hmm. all sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk, right. whether it's closing the background check loophole, closing something called the Charleston loophole, which allows guns to be sold after three days without a background check. Um, I'm sure we could pass, you know, a red flag law um, and, and reauthorizing VAWA, the Violence Against Women Act. It includes a provision for the first time that would prohibit stalkers and dating partners from having easy access to guns. It's why Mitch McConnell won't allow it to go through. So there are all these bills that could be signed, you know, as soon as January. Um, and, mm -hmm. and that is what I'm really eager for. And look, background checks is the low hanging fruit, right? It's the foundation of all gun safety laws. We've got to have those at a federal level. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned Lucy McBath. I got a letter from her right there. That's right oh there gosh. on the wall. <laughs> I love Lucy McBath, and I, I want people to be aware that she is also in a big fight in Georgia to, to, to yes. maintain her seat, and we definitely need her. So uh, the last question I'll ask, and I just wanted to say I really appreciate your time. I really, I know how busy you are, so I, I just so appreciate you. I'm thrilled you to be here. Time. Thank you. So I would like to say the last thing, how do you advise us? You told, uh, uh, how do we advocate uh, for gun sense policies every day? Now, I know one of them you said is pushing back a little bit, but what are a couple of other things that we could also do so that we can be advocates um, for gun sense policies? So, you know, we are going to be um, spending a lot of money in the November elections all across the country. Um, and, it is so important for us to use those dollars to get out the vote. And so if people text the word READY to 64433, again, READY, 64433, we will immediately get you involved in uh, making calls, uh, in using technology to reach out to your, your peers, um, and, and holding events, and, and really just diving in so that we make sure that we elect a gun sense president, flip the Senate, hold the House, and then elect candidates like you up and down the ballot all across the country. And when that's really what we've got to do is have a seat at the table, and you only do that by getting involved in the election process. Well, that is amazing. Thank you so much. Shannon, it's always a pleasure to see you. You I'm too. always, I always just think you kick so much ass out there in the world that you're really making change happen. You can't say that about a ton of people. You really are. So thank you thank so you. much for all the work that you do. And, um, and you're I telling people how we can support you, right? Well, I mean, right now, just being on this with me is what's supporting me right now. But yes, <laughs> I'm going to do a whole thread tonight. Okay, Jamie. good. So so thank you so much. We will talk soon. I hope at yes. least we will on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, good night to you. Of course, I got a couple more hours of this myathon, and then, <laughs> um, but I'm going to post some links that you just discussed about uh, mom's demand and everything. Okay. Well, have a good night.
You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to this special season of Obscene, election coverage and voter information. 